imagine you're a premier IT guy. You got a great job. You feel pretty good about yourself. And uh, you know you're good at what you do. And uh, come to work one day and a little post-it note on your desk is a number that uh, you're asked to return a call and uh, it says the FBI so that concerns you and so you call the FBI thinking probably it's a hoax but you really do get the FBI and you tell them your name and they say we're so glad you called back because we've been working and working on a situation that we cannot deal with and we need your help and so what do you say to the FBI and the United States government matters of national security and they need your help so this guy takes the problem cracks the uh, the wall of protection on an iPhone and gets the information that the FBI couldn't get with all of their personnel and all of the resources at hand. Now, you know what I'm talking about. We don't know who it was, and we'll probably never know. But it's quite an admission that the federal government says we couldn't take care of this. We, we took Apple to court, and we were trying legally to get them to uh, uh, give us the information, allow us to break the code so we can get the information on the terrorist phone, California and San Bernardino. But can you imagine that guy, whoever he is, and, uh, you know, they think that he may have been given about a million dollars. That's a pretty good, pretty good payday. But, but can you imagine the confidence that it would give you knowing that the federal government called you and needed your help on a very important issue such as that, and you were able to do it? That would have to be uh, pretty... Uh, a pretty encouraging. Uh, I, I imagine that guy thinks, uh, you know, I'm the man. I mean, the government called me. Who does the FBI call when they can't, you know, get a uh, get a difficult job done? They call me. Now, of course, the problem is he probably can't say anything about it. He can't let anyone else. Well, I, I do. I do. Yeah. Thanks for letting us know that because I know everybody was wondering uh, that uh, that really is not uh, not in your. Uh, uh, field of expertise. Yours is more of taking down uh, major, you know, uh, terrorist heads and uh, doing that in a way that no one will ever know. And so, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, we, we really don't know where Larry is at times. He cannot tell us, but uh, every time he's out, something big happens on a global scale. And so we think that he's probably a CIA operative. You know, they always get the most like le the the least likely people that no one would think of. And so uh, Larry told us that it was not him. Open your Bibles, if you would, to First Peter five as we continue to study through God's Word. First Peter five, verses ten and eleven. What a call to receive! FBI's calling and need your help. What a privilege that would be. What a responsibility that would be. I imagine there might have been some pressure on him. Whether or not he could do the job. But he did it. Now, I don't know what are some of the calls you may have received in your life that were pretty, pretty big or pretty important. But the biggest calling 
that any of us could ever receive is the calling that we receive from the God of the universe. And that's what we want to think about today as we look at the, the final couple of verses in First Peter. Verse 10, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ will Himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto You, O Lord. May You guide and direct our thoughts as we listen to Your Word so that we might trust You, obey You, repent. Lord, whatever the need of our heart, whether... Lord, we need to come to You for the first time and respond to Your call to salvation. Lord, I pray today that Your Word would draw our hearts to You, would establish our hearts in You. Lord, that You would do every work that needs to be done in this room, in every heart and life. And we'll give You the praise and glory for all that You do. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now these two verses, verses 10 and 11, going to take us a couple of weeks to walk through. So let me give you first of all what we're going to be looking at the next couple of weeks. Today we're going to be looking at our calling. And then next we're going to look at our suffering. And all through the book of First Peter as we have gone through almost all of it at this point, you know that the primary reason Peter wrote to these first century believers was to encourage them, to strengthen them, to give them direction to help them to look to the Lord because they were suffering. They were going through times of great difficulty. And that is the, the theme of 1 Peter. The believer's suffering, but God's grace that's available to His children in times of suffering. And then next we're going to see our sanctification as believers. God cleansing us, working in our life. And all of this, our calling is by the grace of God, the God of all grace. Our suffering God gives us grace in the midst of our difficulties and struggles and trials and suffering. And then our sanctification, God working in us to conform us to the image of His dear Son. God continuing to clean us up and help us to be rid of, of the sin that He has saved us from and forgiven us, but still plagues us. Still we need freedom from on a daily, in a daily basis. God gives us the grace to overcome. But then it's all for one purpose and one purpose alone, and that is His glory. Our calling, our suffering, our sanctification, His glory. So today we're going to look at our calling. There are five aspects of the calling of God upon a believer's life. Keep your Bible open because we're going to turn to a few other passages. Look again in verse 10, though, of 1 Peter. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, and Peter reminds the first century believers, the God of all grace who called you. You're not in this life by accident. You, you're not in this time of suffering, this time of difficulty, and God is not aware of it. He has called you. 
He knows exactly what's going on in your life and my life. He knows what we're dealing with at any given moment. And His grace is specific grace for that particular moment, for that particular specific suffering that we're going through, a difficulty or season of life. You may be in a season of life where it is just difficult. It's just struggling. And it's, it's hard. And the Lord has specific grace for that. But He's called you to it. First of all, the intentional aspect of our calling. The intentional aspect of our calling. Sometimes it seems like that, that what we go through and what we're dealing with, and sometimes it, it seems like we don't know why we are in, in the season of life or in the particular situation that we find ourselves in. And we know that we're saved, but we don't understand if there's any connection between our salvation and what we're going through right now. And a lot of what happens to us just seems sort of haphazard, and it seems like we're just kind of fending off the different things that happens to us. So we're just kind of having to roll with the punches. There doesn't seem to be any specific reason or purpose. We're just going to have to deal with it. It's just part of life, and we don't understand and sometimes it really seems that way. But I want you to know there is an intentional aspect of our calling. There's a reason why we were called to follow the Lord. And there's a reason why we're going through what we're going through, whatever it is. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 28. And you're very familiar with this passage. It's one of the favorite passages of, of many, many Christians. Romans 8, 28. We're going to look through verse 30. And we know, the word know there is a very strong word, it's in the intensive, and it is, we are absolutely confident. As believers, without a shadow of a doubt, not a scintilla of, of doubt at all, we know that God causes all things to work together for good. To those, this is a specific promise, to the special people of God, to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Called according to His purpose. Verse 29, for those whom He foreknow, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. God called you to look more like His Son. God placed you in His family so you could have more and more of a family resemblance as you grow in Christ. So people would be able to recognize that you're a part of God's family by the way you speak, by your attitudes, by the way you live your life, by the way that you deal with difficulty, by the way that you go through the the most severe trials of life people can tell. That's a child of God. Conformed to the image of His Son. So that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. He is risen from the dead. The first. We're going to follow Him in rising from the dead. And those whom He predestined. That's you. If you're His child. And those whom He predestined. The word predestined means that there is a there is an absolute purpose. He's called us for His purpose. He had in mind something very specific for all of those whom He calls to Himself. You're not just called. This is what I want you to understand. Listen to me very carefully. 
you're not just called to receive God's free gift of salvation. So one day when this life is over and you don't have any idea why you've gone through what you've gone through, you finally make it into heaven. You just say, I don't know what that was all about, but I'm glad I'm in heaven. That's not the reason why you were called unto salvation. You were not called to be saved just to get you into heaven. God has a specific, distinct, forethought-out, planned well ahead in His heart and mind purpose for saving you now. And that's what Paul is wanting his readers to understand. That's what God's Spirit wants you to know. I don't know all that it is at all times. Sometimes I have a pretty good sense of why God saved me, of what He wants me to do. I understand specifically some of His callings upon my life. But there are times when I don't understand what God is doing. But listen to this, child of God. God called you and put you in His family and you are saved. You're following Jesus. You know the Lord for a specific purpose right now. God doesn't just haphazard just save people just to get them into heaven. With forethought and with intention He made you a part of His eternal purposes and plans. And He has a specific reason for saving you. Called according to His purpose. Verse 30, And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And these whom He justified, He also glorified. Now, what in the world can you say to these things that Paul has just said? Well, there's a lot you don't know, but what Paul said is one thing you can know. If God is for us, if he had this forethought and intention and purpose in his mind from even before our birth, before we were conceived, then one thing you can know, if God had you in mind and worked you into his eternal purposes and plans and he called you for that purpose, you don't have to know exactly at all times what his purpose is. But one thing you can know, Paul said, in a very general but very real and powerful sense, if God is for us, what? Who can be against us? God's plans are not going to fall. God's plans are never going to fail. God's plans are never going to come to an end that God said, I didn't see that coming. And you and I are a part of God's plans that will never fail. You and I fail. You and I fall. You and I stumble. But if you're a part of God's eternal purposes and plans, it's never going to come to nothing. There is forethought and planning behind everything God does. You're not an afterthought in God's kingdom. You're not just, oh yeah, I feel sorry for her. I'm going to save her. It doesn't work that way. Oh, well, this poor person, you know, you know they're pretty good. They're trying hard, so I'm going to save them. That's not the way God thinks. That's not the way God does anything. If you are a child of God, you can have confidence, the Word of God says, that forethought and planning from our sovereign God has gone in to saving you. And you're saved for a purpose. If you're a young person, you need to really seriously consider and you need to be praying about, God, 
I know you've saved me for a reason. I don't really know what all your plans are for me, but Lord, whatever your plans are for me, for whatever reason you've called me, I just want to tell you, I'm all in. Because I know that you've saved me, and I want to be exactly what you have saved me to be. I want to do exactly what you've saved me to do. I know you have plans for me, and your plans are good. And Lord, I I want to be all in on your plans. You may not be a young person. You may be a person that's in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s, and you've never really understood what God's calling is for your life, why God saved you. You've never really known why you're here. I want you to know you need to start praying, and you need to start seeking the Lord. And you can be sure that God will answer you. Because we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And we know that we have the petitions that we ask of Him when we ask according to His will. Ask the Lord to show you. To give you just a little bit of insight. God doesn't always show you every purpose and plan that He has. But just say, God, show me what you have for me. Show me what you want me to do. The calling of God is intentional. The second aspect is this. The irrevocable aspect of our calling. The irrevocable aspect of our calling. Romans 11.29 says, The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. The word irrevocable means incapable of being retracted. In other words, what God has done in your calling, He is not going to take back. There's not a single person whom God has truly saved where He says after that one has stumbled and fallen and sinned against Him and failed to grow. There's not a single one where God has said, I wish I'd never saved that person. I'm just just going to take back my salvation. I'm just going to take back my intentions and what I had in mind for that. They're, They're just never going to live up to it. They're just never going to live out my purposes and plans for them. I, I'm just, I'm through with them. Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, the Word of God stands sure. It is eternal and it never fails. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Irrevocable. Now, I don't know for what reason God has called you to Himself. But I know that if you are His child, the calling of God, the reason why He has saved you, is still in full effect. They've not been retracted. Nor will they ever be retracted. So my suggestion to you is, if you don't have a pretty good idea of why God has called you, then then you need to start asking Him. You need to find out and then start living it out. You say, well, what if I don't know? Well, just keep obeying the Lord in the ways that you do know. Just keep following Him step by step, day by day. And even though a lot of times we can't see God's perfect plan laid out before us, in fact, that never happens. If I will be obedient right now, if I will, if I will repent, and if my heart is clean right now, if my heart is yielded to Him and all that He desires right now, And that continues to be my heart. That continues to be my focus to be near to Him, right with Him, to follow Him, and to do all that He has for me that is right in front of me. I can be assured that He is going to use me according to His purposes and plans for which He originally called me to do. Do you believe that? And then we might look back someday and we might say, 
Lord, you've been so faithful. And Lord, it is so gratifying. And Lord, I praise you because although I couldn't see it then, I can look back now and I can get just a little glimpse that you were using me. You did have this in mind. And you were working in my life. And although, God, for so many years I couldn't see it, Lord, thank you for your grace. And thank you for the wisdom of your plan. Thank you for the privilege of being used. Now, some of the ways that God has in mind of using us, we may never know until we get to glory. But oh, what a joy it'll be to find those things out. The irrevocable aspect of our calling. Not only is there forethought and planning behind everything God does. The intentional aspect. God makes no mistakes. It's irrevocable. God didn't call you and then at some point say, Larry, I'm going to have to take back my salvation and my calling. He's never going to do that. It's irrevocable. Thirdly, the intimate aspect of our calling. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 through 6. Turn there with me and I want you to see this very important passage. The intimate aspect of our calling. I'm going to begin reading in verse 2. So if you found Ephesians 1, we'll just go ahead and begin up in verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Why did He do that? That we, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us to adoption as sons. Through Jesus Christ to Himself according to the kind intention of His will. Don't you love that? According to the kind intention of His will. To the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. He chose us in love through Jesus. If you boil down everything in that statement, and Paul's in the midst of a long, long sentence that takes up uh, uh, most of this chapter and all of the next, it seems... And, but if you boil it all down, it comes down to this. He chose us in love through Jesus. You see the intimate aspect of love mentioned here. You see the aspect of Him adopting us, choosing us. He had a choice. And He didn't overlook us. He chose us. Why did He choose you? I don't know. Why did He choose me? I don't know. But I do know that in love and because of His kindness, He chose you. How, val how valuable does that make your calling to salvation? It's intimate. It's loving. In kindness, He called you. He made you a part of His family. Adoption is such a beautiful Biblical concept. We're born into the family of God by being born again. But then Paul introduces us to this concept of adoption. God didn't have to choose us, but He did choose us. And He chose us out of love. Not out of a sense of pity or duty or obligation. He chose us out of love. By the way, everything, listen, everything God does, Nolan, is out of love. Everything. 
God cannot do anything for any other reason otherwise than His love. God is love. So Ephesians 1, Paul is explaining that to us. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says this, Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into His own kingdom and glory. Paul said, I, I'm urging you and I, I continue to, to speak to you and to try to get you to understand, even as a father over and over and over again is trying to get his children to understand something that's very important, that the Father in heaven has called you to walk worthy of His name. Now, you're a child of God. You're part of His family. And we're called to uphold the family name. How many of you, your parents, told you, listen, when you go out tonight, you just remember, you're my child. Don't do anything that would bring dishonor on our name. And we're called as believers to walk worthy of that great name which is above every name. Even if you don't know why in a specific way that, you're, that God called you, you really don't know the why, we know that we've been called to live and to walk worthy of His name. And when that is your heart's desire, then God will work out the intricacies and the specifics and the details of His reason for calling you. Lord, help me to be pure. Lord, Help me to be honest. Lord, help me to love others. Lord, help me to treat others in a way that honors you. Lord, help me to do what's right, even when it's difficult. Lord, help me to repent and be right with you when my heart is not right with you. Help me to live in a way that is pleasing to you, to walk worthy of your name. When you and I have that as our desire for every day, then God is going to be working His will out in our lives. Do you believe that? I believe it. Fourth, the indomitable aspect of our calling. The indomitable aspect. In other words, it's not going to be defeated. God has called you and it's not going to come to an end that is, fail that is, that is failing. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 23 and 24 says, now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Entirely complete. Notice those words. Without blame. This is a finished work. These are the words that are used of something that, that will be done. It is, it is in the books. It, it, it's going to happen. You can count on it. Entire. Complete. Without blame. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Verse 24, faithful is He who calls you. There's a calling again. It's a, it's a sure as you and I could possibly have anything in our life that's sure. It is as secure as anything that if you're a child of God, faithful is He who calls you and He will also bring it to pass. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is able to complete His purposes in you and through you. He's faithful. 
he's faithful. Will I ever be the parent that God wants me to be? Will I ever be the husband or the wife that God wants me to be? Will I ever be just a Christian and live the life that I know God has saved me to live? Will you have a part in that? But I want you to know God's part. He's up to the task. He's faithful. He will complete. Do you believe that? You and I just need to look at this probably about every day and say, Lord, I know you're faithful. Lord, I stumble and I'm weak. And Lord, I know that I've let you down. And Lord, I know that I've disappointed you because I've disappointed me. So I know I must have disappointed you. But Lord, you never disappoint. You are always faithful. And Lord, although it seems like I am not near as far along as I should be as your child, Lord, I trust that you're able to complete your work in me. And that ought to be a desire of every believer's heart. All that God has begun, he will finish. Anybody have any unfinished projects at home? Unfinished projects. I mean, they just, they wear on you. Think about them. You can't sit down. You can't rest because you think about, well, this needs to be completed. I've started this. And it's just, I mean, everyone has those. Everyone. God has no unfinished projects when all is said and done. God finishes every project that he has ever started. Are you one of God's projects? Has God started his work in you? He will complete it. No unfinished business with God. None. None at all. And then fifth, the individual aspect of our calling. The individual aspect of our calling. Second Peter chapter 1 gives us this individual aspect of our calling. I want you to notice as I read through verses 3 through 10, I want you to notice the personal pronouns are and the Phrase to us, called us, you and your. God called you to himself. Look at verse 3, 2 Peter, verse chapter 1. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he is granted to us, His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance. And in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Now listen, child of God. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these qualities is blind and short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. Be all the more certain for the reason why he has called and chosen you to work these qualities out in your life. For as long as you practice these, you will never stumble. 
There's been a trust given to us. There's a responsibility to follow Him, to live for Him. There, there are promises that He has given us. We know the qualities that He's wanting to work out in our life. We can see that. We can measure that. We can know if God is doing what He desires to do in our lives. If He is accomplishing the purpose for which He's called us because these things that we just read are becoming more and more a part of our life, just flowing out of our life. But there's a warning. If we forget these things and forget to follow Him and forget what He's done for us and how He has called us, then we can stumble and fall. And we all have. So there's promises. There's a warning. But there's that intimate knowledge. It's all about the knowledge, the, the relationship, the intimacy in Christ Jesus. You see that phrase, the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of Christ in the knowledge of Him. You see, the Christian life is not about just living a better life so we can kind of Say, well, look at me, I'm a good Christian. Or going to church because that's the thing that good people do. Or just living a good life because we want to treat others right and we should treat others right. So, so being a Christian helps me to do that, helps keep me motivated in doing that. That's not what our Christian life is all about. Just an outflow of that. It's intimacy with Him. And then, out of being right with the Lord Jesus, flows all of these issues of godliness. How's that going with you? How's that working out in your life? Work out your own salvation. There's the aspect of God calling us and doing in us what we cannot do by His grace. But there's the aspect of us yielding to the Lord. Being right with the Lord. Giving diligence. That's twice mentioned in this passage that I just read. Giving diligence. In other words, that is effort that you and I put into our Christian walk. What kind of effort are you putting into your Christian walk? If the hardest thing that you do as a Christian is force yourself to come to church, then you've got some real problems in your Christian life. It's hard to live the way we need to live, but the God of all grace will provide it. We have these great and precious promises. Listen, there are some hard things about living the life that God has called us to live. But the easiest part of it ought to be coming to church. The easiest part of it ought to be getting into His Word, praying. There are hard things. There are difficult things. But He will give us the grace. He is watching over us to complete it. Do you believe that? Let's pray. Our worship team is going to come and sing a song ending our time of worship. Our hearts are directed toward the Lord. But this is a moment for you to just respond to God. If He's spoken to you in any way, if He's dealt with you this morning specifically in your heart, in any personal way, this is a, this is a moment for you to respond to Him. Heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. Oh Lord, sometimes it seems like we're so far from where we know we ought to be. Father, sometimes it seems like 
We're never going to get to where we know we ought to be. Father, sometimes it, it seems like it didn't make any sense for you to call us to salvation. Because nothing really is going on in our life that we can see has purpose, has an eternal purpose. Lord, thank you for the reminder in your word that you've called us for very specific purposes. You've called us because you love us. You've called us to yourself. Lord, remind every believer of that here this morning. And Lord, if there's someone who has never trusted you, but Lord, you're calling them. Help them, Lord, to take your call today, not to just ignore it. Help them to respond to your call upon their life. And I ask this in Jesus' precious and holy and tender name.